Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to The Undiluted Truth. I am Ben, and today's episode is going to be the third part of Masking Dangers for Children by OSHA Experts. And I know we ran a little long the last couple, so I'm going to be quick here. And, uh, well, let's welcome in our host, Mike. Yes, hey, Ben, and thank you so much, and welcome uh, rock tumblers and truth seekers. Uh, Yes, we've got another... You call it a blockbuster, call it uh, whatever you will, but you got a mask of whistleblowers uh, pretty much telling it all. And these are experts, as Ben mentioned with the title. So this is part three. It's going to be sort of a wrap up. We're going to have about a three minute uh, overlap from last time. It's very important. There's a couple of numbers here that I I want to emphasize. And uh, there again, we are gathering this from Dell Big Tree and the High Wire Awesome stuff. Can't say enough about what uh, Dell does. So, anyway, without further ado, I think we need to get rolling here. So, all right, let's do uh, it. All right, and uh, here we go. And what he finds here, and, and it says right in his, I'm reading right out of his report surgical masks have been recommended by the CDC as a last resort. Remember, Kristen referred to the hierarchy yeah. of safety yeah. and controls. In our world, that's everything. You don't start with PPE. You try to get the hazard out. You try to engineer it out using administrative controls or whatever. And if you can't reduce or eliminate the hazard, then we put people in PPE. Right. What OSHA has done is they have started out by putting everybody in PPE. So right there, they're, they're not even following their own hierarchy of safety and controls. Okay. Let me keep going. When no in National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health at NIOSH that I was saying approved respirator is available. So we're supposed to be using them last. Now, using surgical masks as a form of PPE may lead to adverse health effects. Boom, mic drop, right there. <laughs> Enough said. Right. We have a director of OSHA saying using surgical masks as a form of personal protective equipment may lead to adverse health effects. We know this. Wow. So what are we doing? I mean, especially when we look at the, the numbers now, we're dealing with a virus that they're now saying 99.98% of us, so yeah. 0.02% yeah. of us are at risk, yeah. and yet this is clearly a higher risk than that if you're discussing it, you know, absolutely. the wearing it. Absolutely. So let me go on real quickly. I just want to read one more thing. He says here, surgical masks are not tested under the NIOSH certification. Here's the important thing about that. When you're putting somebody in personal protective equipment in the workplace, that respirator, that face covering must be tested, must be NIOSH approved. He says right here, surgical masks are not tested. Face masks, cloth face masks. Yeah, they're telling you, just make your own homemade cloth face Yeah, just face sew masks. it on your sun. Yeah, whatever. It'll be great. It'll work There's great. There's no testing. Wear it, wear it six this. days straight, hang it on your mirror, stick it in your ashtray, exactly. throw it back yeah. on, touch it. So then lastly, he says under 29 CFR 1910.134, that's the OSHA respirator standard, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, requires use of NIOSH-approved respirators for protection against airborne diseases. There you go. It's all right here. And what is being cited in the thesis statement? When I tell you that there's studies that exist, it all started to be, the first clinical studies were done during the SARS outbreak. Yeah. And it is here in black and white in numerous studies. And these were a multidisciplinary study. It was not just one group of uh, experts. It was a whole crew. And it's hilarious because it's not funny, but it is funny because it's right here. It talks about how this data from this study, that not only were these hazards to human health, they worked almost 0% of the time because of moisture, liquid diffusion, and pathogen retention. And it even said that 
trying to do double mask, like you mentioned you saw, yeah. causes the most adverse health effects with decreased oxygen. Because it already says one mask decreases oxygen. And okay. I think it's time for a little wrap, uh, uh, not a wrap up, a, <laughs> yeah, that, a little recap. Right. So this is this piece here, as we ended you know, the last episode, we can pick it right up here. The, first, the one thing I want to emphasize here is that they're talking about all of this masking and everything of children and whatnot, and the risk of any kind of dangers without the mask on on children is like 99.9912 or some nonsense like that. Right. So we're looking at masking up kids. And remember that, you know, we, we began this, you know, this initial episode about what is going on right now with, with kids right. and going in back school. to school. Yeah. And as we speak here, they're already in school and it's about a hundred percent of them are masking up and they've got a mask up all day. And here, what these, ladies are citing are coming from OSHA and NIOSH, the organizations that do the testing on these masks and the research on these to check efficacy and dangers and risk and health and so forth. Right. It's, it's insane. And actually, the way she finished up was if one mask is causing right. health issues, exactly. What adverse. do you think double masking is going to do? Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's still yeah. some that think that's the way to go. Yeah. So uh, it's just amazing. So, I mean, you know, you go, you know, for me, they state that everyone who is wearing these masks for airborne, you know, protection, right? they've got to be tested. Their health has to be te- tested. The masks have to be fitted. Right. And as exactly. we mentioned before, the... Air quality in, right. in the environment in the, and how the, uh, the yes. ventilation and everything it has to be analyzed. Yeah, and, and that's got to be approved. Yeah. So, right. how many people are is that taking place with? It's mm-hmm. I, I I would yeah. say none. I really would right. say say none. So, I mean, everything's you know all of this stuff is really just being violated left and right. And the neat thing that I like about this is this isn't Mike and Ben and Dell Bigtree. And these two ladies just pulling something out of the air. Everything yeah. that they're reading is coming from documents from these federal organizations oh, yeah. Yeah. that have already done the test prior mm-hmm. to this. Yeah. These cautions and dangers about masking, and they're talking about surgical masks. And I would say that if you've been out in public, that's probably 99% of what everybody's wearing, a, a type of a surgical mask. Right. They're not. Yeah. Th- or cloth mask, right? Yeah. Yes. And they're not safe. And, well, not safe and not doing anything. Not effective. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And absolutely. I just wanted to make the point in case somebody is on this podcast and didn't listen to the earlier ones, uh, that the person that they were talking about, the OSHA person who uh, studied these efficacies of the mask, or efficiencies, whatever you want to call it, um, is a director of OSHA, not the, but a director of OSHA in Florida. Yes. Um, and this is one of his, uh, I think it's, it was his college thesis. Yes. He is did that a th- what it was. He, yeah. did, he did a thesis so on, on this. This was his thesis paper that they were quoting. Right. 
uh, him from, and now he's a director of, of OSHA and, and he's, yeah. tr- and he's trying to walk it all back now. Yeah. And he's afraid of losing his job or, you know, go, sure. Go he's got a nice position now, but he's going to walk it all back. And, uh, and the one thing that, uh, I mean, I'm going to do a kind of a blanket statement because we've kind of hinted at this before where some people get caught up in thinking that, you know, the government, certain agencies have, are supposed to have your best interest in, you know, at heart. I mean, s- some of these were created to basically do that and keep us quote safe but what we're finding out anymore is that they don't they don't really care no it's all somewhere about the money or something else oh, going on because well, now you're getting to the crux stuff. hey you know i gotta yeah. call it as i see it right yeah. um i mean if none of the math adds up you gotta look somewhere and and it's usually, i'm thinking it's the money you usually look at it's wh- the money and power look that's at the money. what it is and there's more to and, it than that we've got yeah. we've got more episodes coming yeah. in other areas that some of this it's stuff sad. will blow your mind but right now right now we want to give the kids yes a voice mm-hmm and we mentioned this before, there there are kids in this state anyway, I don't know where the listeners are listening from, but there are kids here that are being masked, required to have masks on from, from the age two and up in, day, in daycare centers. And here is that, Virginia, by the way. Yeah, here is Virginia and surrounding area. But with that being said, these kids can't speak from the, I mean, can a two yeah. or three year old just speak up and go, I don't want to wear this. This isn't right. No, they're going to do it well, to, to their detriment, yeah. not just, not just physical issues and health issues, but yeah. psychological. Mm-hmm. These kids are really, really being drug over the, over the coals here, if you will, with what's going on. Yeah. And you are seeing the the effects of all of this, so yeah. And sorry, just to jump no, in really sorry. quick again, and I mentioned this on the last one, but you know that just comes down to I, oh, I'd like to ask, and some parents are speaking up, you know, but I'd like to ask because I've seen kids out and about just outside wearing masks, and you just want to ask the parents, why are you masking your kids? What data have you, you know, do you even know if it's harmful to your kid? You're just following, hey, slap this on your kid. You know, yeah, I, I think there's a way to go about doing that. And, uh, you know, we've got some ideas. And I, and I think some of the things that we're thinking about doing is is a way to reach some of these people and educate them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think yeah. a lot of them just a lot of them are afraid and a lot of them just are ignorant. And yeah, they, yeah and it's they believe what their neighbor told them. I mean, yeah, who knows? Right. Right. So, um but anyway, let's. There's yeah. more to come here. So as absolutely as, as these guys as these guys finish up here, we've got uh, a few more minutes. Here we go. And this data is just it's monumental because you've got governors and schools and public health departments trying to shame people. It's not about not wanting to wear a mask. If these masks worked, we would be the first people promoting them. Mm-hmm. Right. They are doing more harm than good. And the saddest part of it is when you go to these stores and you see little cartoon character masks, and these companies have no studies on the breathability of these masks. And I just want to close it with this part about this study. When we talk about the OSHA requirements, training is a huge aspect of it. So now you've got people saying it's a one-size-fits-all, you're going to wear the mask. Let's talk about that false sense of security. Right. Well, let's say I want to go home. Hey, Dell, let's get some masks and let's epoxy this table because they work. No, the masks are not re- rated for that type of contaminant. Right, you even see when I go to Home Depot, it says yes. it covers this, doesn't cover this. Exactly. If you have paint fumes, exactly. everything changes the type of mask you're using. And I, what really right. I find shocking 
is we're saying that these masks protect you from illness, right? Right. I'm, I couldn't say that about a vitamin. I can't say that right. about a drug. Exactly. I can't. It has. To, I have to have exactly. double blind safety studies yeah. that show. Yeah. That this does what I'm saying it does. Yet every idiot out there, every company is yeah. making, as you said, cartoon masks with no, like they are right. able to like put these out as though they're protecting you. Right. When there's nothing that proves that they can. And can I sue? I doubt I can sue them. I'm sure they're protected by PrEP Act or something like that. Yeah. Now, those are, these are the types of things that are really freaking. Okay, real quick. He mentioned the PrEP Act. Um, mm. it, they're protected okay. by that. So the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act authorizes the Secretary of the Depo- <laughs> excuse me of the Department of Health to issue emergency declarations that are immune from liability. So there's the big one right there. So basically, so, during this Prep Act, hmm. you can you can make all the masks you want. You don't even have to put it on the box, and and everybody thinks this is going to protect me. And I think that's you know uh, see the, the, that's the thing. You don't even have to put it on the box because it's a preparedness act. It could even say, this may protect you or mm-hmm. this may not, you know. Uh, so, but that's what the PREP Act, and that's important to know because these there are people using this for a number of things, even the vaccine. We're all under this emergency that... Yeah. Anything, yeah. anything sort of goes. So just, just wanted to, to throw that out there. Important stuff, the PREP Act, so you know what that is. Everybody out, but you mentioned mm-hmm. governors and senators and politicians are pushing this. You guys just yep. had a gigantic win yes. uh, up in Michigan. Yes. Can you tell me, so, so tell me, uh, first of all, it, it sort of starts out with an idea and a petition. What did you guys do? Yeah, so I'm the executive director for Stand Up Michigan. Okay. And we, we noticed, I took that position because my business was shut down. And um, I was really angry about that. And so there were a few business owners in this state that got together and said, oh my gosh, what is going on here? And it, basically, Stand Up Michigan was born out of the citizens' anger and rebellion at being forced to shut down. But our governor went, was off the rails. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you can't buy paint, you can't buy flower seeds. You can get in a boat, you just can't get in a boat with a motor on it. I mean, that's how right. crazy this was. Governor right? of Michigan, so, by the way. So um, when yeah. Stand Up Michigan was formed, it basically was just a Facebook group for people to kind of connect and, and just, oh my gosh, what's going on? Well, it exploded very quickly. And so what we realized is we need to give people, we need to have a platform for people to communicate, and we need to have a platform to educate and inform people yep. and then activate them. So what we realized is the governor is basing all of her decisions on an old, outdated law because she's not getting her way with the legislature. Right. So we realized we need to repeal that old law because once we do, her power is going How old a law are we talking about? 1945. 1940. So she's yeah. relying on a law from 1945. <laughs> yes. Cherry-picked language okay. out of an old law to sort of twist it and say, I can do whatever I want. System of checks and balances goes out the window. I can unilaterally control you all indefinitely. Without having the legislature involved. Oh, no. The, she's going around them. Exactly. It's okay. important so, to note that 1945 law was originally authored to protect public safety against riots, not a public right. health crisis. Right. Okay. Yes. So um, that's right. And so basically what we did was we we created a citizen's petition and we had so many people, hundreds of thousands of people following us and, and, you know, members at that time that we basically empowered the people and said, we are going to start a petition to repeal this 1945 law, because if we can get this law repealed, then all of her powers go away. Her state of emergency goes away. Well, at the same time, the legislature was suing her. Okay, so. Last week, Friday morning, while we were driving down to Texas, we got the news a half an hour outside of Austin that 
Well, at 10 a.m., we turned in all the petitions. Right. 3 how many, p.m. How many, how many petitions? 539,000. And 37. 37. <laughs> how did you get 539,000? Over a half a million. How many people were involved in, in collecting those signatures? We had over 60,000 petition circulators, citizens. Wow. That set wow. up roadside stands. They made their own little signs. Unlock Michigan, sign yeah. here. And Whitmer's and it, it just, orders. <laughs> it was crazy. Everybody in the state of Michigan that is a conservative knew about this petition and was signing or circulating. So you and, turned it in Friday morning. Yep, so Friday morning. We, we only needed 300 and I think 42,000 and we got 539,000. And it, we had a press release. We turned it into the State Board of Elections. It was awesome. Uh, right across the street from the Capitol. And then at 3 p.m., the legislature, and that same day was re reviewing, or the Supreme Court was reviewing the legislature's um, lawsuit, and they ruled in favor of our, basically, our repeal initiative and struck down her state of emergency. Wow. So Michigan is free. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we celebrated in the car. It was yeah. like a loud a win. And Stand up, Michigan. Um, yep. And so, so victory, you've now taken one of the most you know, draconian-driven, you know, governors in the state. Yes. Um, obviously, there's some shake-up, there's confusion now. Where yeah. do we go from here of her, yeah. you know? So, so, but besides what's going to happen in Michigan, you're going to have to iron that out. What yeah. is the message you would have to people around the country that are having, feeling the same thing? My business is being destroyed. I just saw Regal Cinemas is, is over. You know, the movie wow. theater chain we've watched for years, gigantic companies, not just small right, ones. Right. But then you think about the mom and pops right, that know. just want to make a living and just want to be able to take whatever risk it is to breathe the air. I know. Uh, what is it you think that you've sort of represented in Michigan with this uh, petition that, that others can look at trying to do in their state? Well, I think the biggest takeaway that I would say, and as a business owner myself, because I have been a business owner for many years, and I absolutely refused to shut down. I said, I'm not going to shut down my business. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Because nobody has the right to take away my constitutional rights to operate my business, feed my family, make a living, pay my employees. I just flat out refused. Come what may, I'll deal with the fallout. Mm -hmm. So we had a couple of people, and, and you may have heard of Carl the Barber, America's mm -hmm. Barber, right? Yeah. Carl Mankey was from Michigan, 70-year-old barber who said the same <laughs> thing. Sorry, right. ain't shutting down. Right. Come what may. Oh, she weaponized her attorney general against him. They threatened to take away his license. Well, nobody can take away your license except the state licensing board, right? right. So he said, let him, let him come for it. He went to court, and he won. The governor does not have the right to weaponize her attorney general. They did not win that case. And so basically what that did was set legal case precedent that nobody can take away your business license unless it is an ethical violation or something like that, and the state licensing board rules. Right. So my message to people is stand up. Right. That's why Stand Up Michigan was born. If we all stand up, they can't control us. That's right. So if you're able to, now there are employees, I understand, working in situations where they'll lose their job. Yeah. I understand that. But to the business owners, to those people in positions like Kristen and I, the reason we are being very vocal is because we don't have a boss. Right. And we're in a position that we can stand up. And I, mm. we've said, if people like us don't, who will? So I would encourage mm -hmm. those that are in positions like us, like business owners, just do the right thing. Don't submit to the tyranny because that's what this is. Stand up and don't be afraid. And you know what? You if go. you get sued, deal with it. It's going to take court cases and legal case precedent to stop this. That's, right. that's where we've been successful in Michigan. We've taken on those fights head on and we're winning. We've, we're, we're winning everything that we're putting our you know, boots to the ground and getting people engaged and activated and empowered. And, and we in Michigan were really fired up and we got it done.
Christian, you have stood on the front lines with the military. You've fought for this country. You're on the front lines again, trying to fight for people's businesses, the health of our children. What is it that you want regular people to know that say, hey, I'm not a soldier. I don't know what to do here. What, should, what can we do if just, as just normal people trying to get through the situation? Well, I would say the first thing is, is let them know that their voice matters. We saw that in Michigan. I mean, we had people like retired elderly people that came out and were those running those petitions. Know that your voice matters and you have the say over what happens to your children. You have the power to do it. If you get enough people in numbers together, you can fight for your freedom, you can fight for individual liberty. We need to remember that those of us that take an oath to the Constitution, that thing clearly says against enemies foreign and domestic. Mm -hmm. And by definition, what many of these governors are doing is pure tyranny. And I just think it's important to just look at the science. A lot of these governors are saying they're citing science. We have the science. The science is there. We need to look at the risk ratio of what are we being asked to do? What liberties are we being asked to basically forfeit compared to what can we do? What we need to do, what the media is not doing, except for you, Dell, is let's think about the hierarchy. How about we eat cleaner? Let's right. hydrate clean water. Right. Let's exercise. I like let's that. build up our immunity. Don't stay in your house. Mm -hmm. right. Get Thank that you. vitamin D. Yeah, Just know that no Fresh matter air. what, mm -hmm. if you feel something is unconstitutional in your state, that's what April 30th, when Governor Whitmer said, well, I'm going to extend the state of emergency, everyone came forward and said this is unconstitutional. Well, last Friday we found out it was. Yeah. So research your own individual state laws. Know that the law of the land is there to help you conserve all of those freedoms. And I know it's scary, but we're going to get through this. And I hope it's sooner rather than later. We look back and just laugh about this. Not, yeah. not the people that have lost their lives, but how we allowed ourselves to get in the situation. Yeah. And we have a, we, I just want to encourage people yeah. because Garrett Soldano, who is one of the co-founders of Stand Up Michigan, who started the original group, coined a phrase that we have on t-shirts everywhere and it says the power of one leads to the power of many it is a okay so we're going to stop right there i like that the power of one can lead to the power of many yeah. and uh, that's tammy clark and Kristen megan tammy clark is is the expert that actually is engaged uh, with her own business doing just that working with osha regulations niosh which is the national institution of occupational safety and health mm -hmm. and you know, and one thing that I that I want to emphasize here is there's so many people out there that hear from doctors. Yeah, you should wear a mask and this, that, and the other, and and you know, the mask does this, the mask does that. But guess what? Guess who? Guess who fits the doctors with masks? Yeah, the OSHA OSHA these, experts. These people do. Mm -hmm. These girls do. You know, so they are the ones that do this. So. You know, there's so much here, and talking about the institutions that they supposedly care, but you and I spoke earlier, it's, and yeah. you follow the money. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, and, and even with the, the school that, that my youngest is attending, you know, you look at the leaders, and they don't really seem to care about the kids. Yeah. It's not about the kids. They're afraid that they're going to step out of line, their funding is going to go away, the school's mm -hmm. going to go away, it's a private school. And nobody is willing to to stand up. Exactly. I don't. It's as if they don't even care. And these kids don't have a voice. So, hopefully, right. with with the, with this particular episode of you know this podcast, we're we're trying to give our children a voice, especially the ones that not necessarily are uncomfortable speaking. If you're 15 or 16, but those that are 
four, five, six years old, they don't have a voice. And right. um, and believe me, this particular topic has got me worked up, and uh, it's it's not necessarily over, but um, a lot a lot yet to go, Ben. So um, I, I, you know, a great uh, way to finish up. Yeah, those two gals are are, are spot on. Uh, you know, so many people are, are being called heroes. I don't even think these girls are going to be called heroes. They're just doing their due diligence exactly. as, as we are. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up for another episode here mm-hmm. on the undiluted truth. So, uh, as we close, let's go and ask uh, the Lord uh, for some encouragement here. Father in heaven, Lord, we just want to ask you uh, to continue to watch over us, guide and lead us as we're continuing to search truth, be with those that are doing the same thing. Lord, and we ask for a special prayer to lift up these children across the country and across the world that don't have voices of their own to speak out to what's being done to them. And just in this situation about covering themselves up with masks, not able to breathe fresh air, continuing to breathe poison, the CO2 all day long. Lord, we ask that you guard and protect them some kind of way, and may the truth find its way to the leaders, the parents, and those who can make a difference. We thank you again for this opportunity on this platform to be able to express and find and and seek truth. We ask you to guide and lead us continually, and Lord, as Usual, we ask that every intent of our thought be pure. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.